welcome back to Season 2 of the Nutanix Community Podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Luciani, and it's great to be back with you. We have lots planned this season. Deep dives into our technology, conversations with Nutanix engineers, and discussions with industry thought leaders. And as always, you can email me if there's someone you would like on the podcast. In this episode, Chris Brown speaks with Timothy Isaacs and Ragu Nandan from Nutanix HQ about some of the updates in Acropolis 4.6. So with that, let's jump into the conversation with Chris, Tim, and Ragu. My name's Chris, and I'm here in the Durham office to talk about some of the 4.6 features. In order to help us with that, I'm joined by Ragu Nandan and Timothy Isaacs from the product team based out of San Jose. Hey guys. Hey there. Hey Chris. Uh, so Timothy, do we have any uh, general improvements to the product in this release? So what we do with every release is uh, do a lot of improvements in general. But uh, 4.6 was a little special. In 4.6 we made several improvements to performance. And, uh, and I'm talking application performance, right? Responsiveness of the application, IOPS, throughput, that sort of thing. And uh, in fact, um, you know, there's a, there's a good reason why we're investing so much in performance, and it's all to do with the, the original thesis that we had, that is, you know, storage should be sitting within the server, we don't want over the network latency. And if you think about technologies about a year from now, when you have memory class storage, NVMe, things like that, you know, we as Nutanix want to be very well prepared to take advantage of those technologies. So starting to improve performance in a very big way today is going to help us get there, right? But the improvements were pretty massive, right? We're talking 3x, 5x in that range. Um, so generally speaking, what, what, what really should happen is customers should upgrade the systems to 4.6 and immediately see an improvement in performance. So Raghu, I hear that in 4.6, Prism's coming into its own as a new product. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? The Nutanix Extreme Computing Platform, I think we've talked about that being backed by two pillars, the consumer-grade experience and web scale engineering. Prism has become the embodiment of the consumer-grade experience, which is all about one click and having operational management be done in as few administrative interactions as possible. Uh, it was valuable and it continues to be valuable enough with all the innovations that we've added there in 4.6 that it merited being its own product and that's what we are announcing with 4.6. With Prism becoming its own product, what are some of the new things that we should expect in 4.6? Prism has been represented by two distinct components. There's the Prism element part of it which is in cluster, naturally scale out, you create the Acropolis cluster and it's already available there as a control and config plane. And Prism Central has been this multi-cluster manager of managers that sits outside of the Nutanix clusters and is able to orchestrate and monitor multiple Nutanix clusters. With 4.6, Prism Central gets a, a whole new set of additional capabilities to actually manage virtual machines running on the Acropolis clusters. And because of the converged nature of uh, the Nutanix platform, there's also a very elegant operational planning and capacity planning capabilities that we've been able to build into Prism Central that we believe is going to offer a very clear line of sight for operational planning, understanding what's the resource scarcity, how much more headroom and runway uh, environments have before you need to plan for expansion of infrastructure or even go trim some of your workloads or change your replication and snapshot schedules. So all of those kinds of things become uh, a lot more easier and simpler to do with the 4.6 Prism uh, capabilities. 
So Tim, I know that we introduced file level restore for users in 4.5 as a tech preview. Do we have any improvements to that now in 4.6? In 4.5, uh, we introduced a file level restore with essentially this use case, right? To make uh, restores for end users easy. So think of a situation where you have an admin, a Nutanix admin, who's responsible for deploying thousands of VMs and is not necessarily sort of involved on a per VM basis because that VM is owned by some guy, right? Some administrator of an application or just some guy who has a VM to do some activity on that. So the whole idea with file level restore was to allow this VM or app owner to manage his or her snapshots, right? And in such a way that if something were to go bad, if there, were, uh, if there was a data corruption, or if they accidentally deleted files, then they don't have to rely on the Nutanix admin to do those restores. Now, in 4.5, it was a tech preview feature, so we wanted our guys to, our customers to test it out, and our uh, internal folks also to sort of, you know, take it for a test drive. And in 4.6, now it's a fully GA feature. Very nice. Is there something in 4.6 that I can use uh, as a, say, for a DR site? Uh, absolutely. We've built a couple of interesting capabilities in 4.6. The first one is uh, asynchronous DR in a cross-hypervisor environment. This allows for somebody to stand up a secondary site of Nutanix clusters that could be provisioned with the Acropolis hypervisor and uh, pointed to as the replication target for a primary site that might be running the vSphere environment, or vice versa for that matter, for somebody that might have the comfort for whatever reason to land a primary site of Acropolis hypervisor clusters and point to a secondary site of ESX, because we do allow uh, a multi, any-to-any -any kind of a DR configuration. So this just offers uh, folks a lot of flexibility in terms of not having to be locked into one particular hypervisor environment and just plays nicely with our theme of having uh, Nutanix be hypervisor agnostic where folks can focus on their workloads and applications and let Nutanix take care of what the right hypervisor for the underlying runtime should be. Nice. I've heard a lot about cloud in it recently. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? What we did with the Acropolis hypervisor was build a turnkey virtualization platform that took the power of hyperconvergence to allow folks to stand up end-to-end uh, -end enterprise private cloud environments in a very quick manner. And one of the prerequisites to standing up private cloud environments is to be able to customize VMs after they've booted up. So you can make do with very few images, but yet cater to the entire enterprise. So both cloud in it and sysprep are ways to customize and tailor VMs so you get a unique personality that's usable for the user that spun that VM up. And that's what we're supporting from 4.6 onwards to somebody uh, that wants to arbitrarily inject scripts into their Windows or Linux VMs. They can choose the cloud init path for Linux or sysprep scripts for Windows. Uh, and this allows for a very seamless build out of private cloud environments for dev, test, uh, even production environments for that matter. Uh, could you tell me more about the OpenStack integration we're introducing in this release? OpenStack has been an interesting phenomenon that's built up gradual momentum over the past few years, essentially to help build out enterprise private clouds that are fully automated, easy to orchestrate, are cost economical. Uh, and there's been a desire to allow Nutanix to be plugged into OpenStack environments as infrastructure. And that's what we are going to be supporting from 4.6 onwards with uh, a pretty nicely designed driver's pack that leverages the scale, the linearity, the cloud-grade experience of Nutanix, but yet allows Nutanix to be plugged into enterprise OpenStack controllers, whatever be the distribution of their choice, 
uh, and allow uh, consumers of that OpenStack environment to uh, pretty much interact with Nutanix like they would with other infrastructure in their environment. Yet the Nutanix administrators can leverage the goodness of Prism to do all the routine operational things at the infrastructure level, like the firmware upgrades or cluster capacity expansion. So it essentially marries the best of both worlds to give private cloud administrators what they want and the infrastructure administrators the goodness of Nutanix. Uh, so Tim, can you tell me a little bit more about the foundation improvements we have in 4.6 here? Sure, sure. So, you know, foundation um, is essentially a tool that uh, people use to image systems while in the field, right? And uh, foundation has, has evolved a lot since its inception about uh, two years ago, a little over two years ago. And today, indeed, foundation already sits within the system. So it's not a standalone tool, but it's embedded within the uh, Nutanix OS, so to speak. Now, um, the recent improvements in 4.6 are all to do with uh, two things. One is um, making lifecycle management simpler. So here we've introduced one-click BIOS, BMC, and firmware upgrades. So in the past, we had one-click pretty much for everything. The only thing that was missing was BIOS and BMC, and we have introduced that now as a one-click upgrade from the same one-click dialog that everyone is used to. The second has to do with uh, making sure that uh, getting systems from factory up and running is very quick. So what happens is this, right? You uh, customer buy systems, they come pre-installed with a cropless hypervisor, and from the point that the customer opens up the box, racks and stacks the system, and from that point to the point where they can provision VMs, should not be more than 10, 15 minutes, right? And even 10, 15 minutes is a bit of a stretch. So what we have done is try to make um, that process very simple by essentially allowing the networking setup uh, to be fairly instantaneous, right? You essentially get into one node, do some sort of setup, that setup propagates to all of the nodes, even if it's 25, 30, 50 nodes, all of that happens fairly instantaneously, and then the system's up and running. That's really cool. I, I can't imagine there's many, many products out there that you get from box to VMs in 20 minutes. Do we have any changes to Metro availability? Yes, um, so, so Metro availability um, is a pretty interesting product, right? Um, the way we developed Metro availability was to make Metro availability truly a consumer-grade Metro cluster, right? And if you think about it, it's very easy to set up, to use, to manage. Now, um, there was one use case that we didn't optimize entirely for in the past, and that was when it came to doing um, non-disruptive site migrations. So the site migrations were easy, but there was a minor disruption that customers had to take. They had to essentially power cycle VMs. And you know, most of our customers didn't really care, but you know, we want to make sure that the product is rock solid and uh, migrations are entirely non-disruptive. So what we have done is done a lot of work under the hood to make these migrations entirely non-disruptive so that when customers have deployed Nutanix Metro availability, they really have to take no downtime, right? It's always a 100% uptime environment. If I'm not ready to fully commit to uh, Acropolis or AHV, is there a way I can change my current cluster over to AHV or back again? Uh, absolutely. I think that was one of the other cross-hypervisor or hypervisor agnostic capabilities that we introduced in 4.6. Um, you might have an existing cluster that is running on vSphere with all the VMs up and you know, functional on that particular cluster. Uh, but if you did want to experience the Acropolis hypervisor and wanted to take it on a quick test run without having to repopulate the nodes with brand new VMs and so on, you could essentially run a one-click operation, uh, a one-click hypervisor conversion. So in keeping with the theme of Prism, 
uh, it's just a really one-click operation that checks the cluster, figures out if the cluster has enough capacity to be able to support a hypervisor re-imaging, uh, automatically evacuates nodes, uh, moves VMs over, and repopulates VMs back on the nodes after the cluster has been re-imaged uh, to AHV or the Acropolis hypervisor. So that way, uh, you know, in, in keeping with our uh, operational theme of uh, with minimal admin intervention, being able to essentially change the personality of the environment uh, and having another hypervisor uh, run underneath the VMs. And I think this is game changing in the sense I can't think of uh, a single technology out there in the marketplace that allows somebody to do this kind of a, a forklift shift of underlying environments without involving a lot of project planning and you know custom uh, engagement of service personnel and so on. Uh, truly one-click hypervisor conversion for an existing Nutanix, Nutanix cluster from vSphere to AHV is what we are uh, announcing as tech preview in uh, 4.6. That seems like a really powerful tool to have in your uh, in your toolkit. Absolutely. I think it's, it's going to be a great benefit for customers that do want to experience uh, AHV uh, in an easy-to-consume, fairly risk-free manner. And once customers are comfortable with AHV for VMs, they can either choose to continue to have the clusters run in that mode, or we've also allowed the ability to roll back and go back to their existing vSphere environments if they did want to uh, you know, go back to the previous state for whatever reason. Very nice. Uh, so, Timothy, uh, I heard that this also uh, is the release where Acropolis is being expanded out to provide file services. Could you tell me some more about that? That's right, yes. Um, so, you know, the way to think about file services in the context of Nutanix is really this. Uh, Nutanix, um, when it was born, born as a company to uh, be purpose-built for virtual machines, right? We were the best of breed system when it came to running virtual machines. So this is, you know, VDI applications, server virtualization, databases, etc., etc. Now, all of those applications also need file storage, right? It's not just VM storage uh, that they need, they need file storage. Now, uh, customers have traditionally used some sort of a filer, a third-party filer like a NetApp or an EMC or something else, along with their Nutanix systems. And now with Acropolis File Services, they have the opportunity to essentially use the Nutanix cluster as a file server, right? The file server is entirely virtual, it's scale out, so you can start small, you can grow as, as big as you want. Um, it's very easy to manage. In fact, you know, deploying the file server is a matter of a few clicks and should happen in, in, in a few minutes. And, um, you know, manageability uh, jives very well with the overall Nutanix story of simplicity. So I'm very excited about this. And, um, you know, we are releasing this in tech preview in, in 4.6. And we should be going GA fairly soon afterward. Nice. Uh, that's really cool as well. As you can see, there's a ton of new stuff coming out in 4.6. I'd like to thank uh, Tim and Raghu for joining us here and helping us wade through the list of features. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow Nutanix on Twitter for the latest news and announcements. You can also check out some of the great blog posts on the Nutanix community blog. Just go to next.nutanix.com and click on the blogs button. So with that, for Chris, Raghu, Timothy, and Duane, have a great week and we'll see you next time.